And so in the cipher, we'll talk a lot of NBA uh, talk and, and, and definitely about that that trade uh, that's on the uh, on the way between Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. So that'll be part of the topic uh, in the cipher. So thanks for teeing it up, young. Uh, we're gonna jump right into the open mic. This is how we get down. We got some we got some topics, and this is this will help because another. Uh, a podcast that we have on our platform is called Inside the Park. And uh, Hank has been caught up in the heat wave uh, trying to deal with, you know, because we're real sports guys, we got real lives. And so his Inside the Park, for you Inside the Park lovers, has been delayed because Mother Nature is burning him out of his house. But we got a lot going yes, on. What's so crazy <laughs> about this free agency that 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 Darnell just brought to 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 hold was so deep that it drowned out. And I said this on I said this on the big show. The NBA is taking over the over the over the airway so tough that it knocked a fifteen year old Coco off the off the front page. It, you, you you got you got uh uh the great national team, the women who won the World Cup, you know, they got drowned out real quick. Uh uh and we didn't realize we had all star weekend going on. The MLB gone. And, I, and Hank, I wanted to start out, do we have a problem? This All-Star game was the lowest rated All-Star game, I think, in All-Star history. It, was like a, it got like around a six on the rating. Um, but it had probably the best home run derby of all time. And I, I don't understand. Yeah. Baseball's got a problem, Hank. Help me understand what's going on. Well, well, here's the thing with baseball, okay? And and uh, we I know we're going to talk about a couple of things tonight, but um, the one thing about baseball is always the case, chicks dig the long ball, okay? And guess what? Just like people started to scratch their head about the slam dunk contest in basketball, the one thing about baseball that will never go away is the fans is fascinated by watching these cats hit this rock 400-plus feet, okay? And what they did this year was, was a stroke of genius, okay? They gave these guys – uh, what, uh, four minutes to, to swing the bat, which they had a timeout if they needed to, and then they, they can keep it going. And so what you saw was a display. You saw some, some pretty swings. Now, the casual fan may not even remember some of the players outside of Vlad Jr. that was in a home run derby, okay? And this kid hit 90, he hit 90 home runs, man. He hit 90 home runs in his three rounds, okay? That's more home runs, I think they said, they put the graphics up of like four or five teams in major leagues, he did it in four rounds. Okay, I mean, just, 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 just awesome power, and it's a, and it's a spectacle. The problem with the with the uh, All Star game is just it's just that it's star quality. Okay, you don't have a whole lot of guys in baseball right now. You don't have no household names like you did back in the day. Okay, where fans are coming out, the, the baseball fans will come out to come and see a Peter Alonzo or they'll come out to see a Cody Bellinger, or they'll come out to see a Christian Yelich, or they'll come out to see a Mike Trout. But you don't have the names like the Miguel Cabreras or the uh, Robinson Canoes or the Derek Jeters anymore. You've got a new brand of baseball. You've got a turnover. You can think about a player like Christian Yelich, who was last year's MVP. Okay, Christian Yelich played on the team with John Carlos Stanton, okay, in Miami. John Carlos Stanton was the man there, okay? Christian Yellows was young, up and coming, all right? But but he was like the, the afterthought there. Now he's turned into a player of his own. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on when we talk later. But the thing is, there's star power, okay? The star power in baseball just isn't there. They're not household names yet, okay? Once you get out of Boston, once you get out of New York, Okay, now unless you are really following the game, you got to go and look, or or Los Angeles for that matter, you got to really go and look for some of these players, and that's and that's what baseball is struggling with right now. You got some fine pitchers out there, nobody knows nothing about, and some fine hitters, but it doesn't help the game either. You know, when it, when it's you know a four to three or a two to one ball game in the All Star game, you want to see some fireworks, and unfortunately, you didn't have that many. I thought it was a great game. I watched it. I thought it was very compelling. But, again, I understand, you know, from the casual fan perspective, um, you don't have enough – you don't have any brand names out there that really catches your eye as you do with the other sports. And, and as we, we – you know, we're going to give you a little bit run on this segment. And, and, and Youngin, if, if you feel like you need to jump in, you can jump in. Or you can kind of sit on the wing on this as we, we run 
we run this we run this straight pick and roll and just let Kyle uh, deliver. But I want to continue down that line that you got going on. So you said it was four three. So earlier in the week, my man Mr. Verlander trying to throw some throw, throw some throw some some some, some stain on the commish. Like we got a conspiracy on because he done giving up the most home runs. Uh, in this year in the, in the MLB, and he messing with his legacy, and he talking about mm-hmm. because uh, the, the Major League Baseball bought out Rawlings that that they they that they are personally uh, putting out juice ball, but yet in All Star Game we got the best players we only have four three game, and so there was a lot of tension out there. You know, you know, uh, Manfred had to come out and on TV and talk to folks and. Talk about what's going on, and then you got you got Verlander out in these streets just throwing stuff out, you know, like you know, not knowing that he he, he could get he could get a, a a a call from somebody. What's going on, man? They, they, well, you, got, you got people talking okay. about these balls. You you got the the league yeah. owning the manufacturer. What what's going on? Well, well, well. Here's the thing about that. See, see, Verlander needs to be careful only in because when you say juice balls in baseball. Okay, that's cold, all right? That's cold. Last time they talked about the balls was juiced. It wasn't the balls that were juiced, all right? And that took baseball to a very dark place. Now, they <laughs> took a very dark place, you know, and they, and they don't want to go back there. So, yeah, he had to come out there and kind of, like, smooth that out. However, however, it is funny that when you look at the, when you look at the leaders at the, at the, um, at the halfway bark, You've got four players, okay? You've got, you got four players. One, three players are over 30 home runs at the halfway mark, and, and two more, which is within 30 home runs, you know, within two or three home runs of the 30 home run mark. Now, think about this for a minute. If you just extrapolate that out to the end of the season, you could potentially have four players, four players that could hit over 60 home runs this year. That's unheard of, Okay. 60 home runs, that used to be the, the hallmark, okay? Back in the day when, when even I was in the glimmer of my dad's eye, when Roger Maris hit the 61st home run for, for the New York Yankees, that was to beat a, a, a 30, 40-year uh, record that was set by Babe Ruth. And then all of a sudden you come bring that forward when Hank Aaron, um, when uh, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs to break, break Mark McGuire's Semi home run record, and both of those guys are accused of what? Juicing. And I'm not talking about Florida, Florida sunrise juice, okay? I'm talking about the, 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 the steroid juice. And this is the problem here. So, so he's saying these things, but the, but the numbers bear it out. You, we just got to talk about Christian Yelich. A great, a good player that's all right, just kind of came out the blue. Christian Yelich had hit 31 home runs. Christian Yelich was not known to be a home run hitter, okay? He was known to be a good ball player, you know, MVP caliber. But now he, this, this young man has an opportunity to all of a sudden hit 60 home runs this year, and Mike Trout hasn't done it. And, but by the way, Mike Trout's got 28. So, yeah, he's saying something. Now, let's go back to the manufacturer piece, all right? Um, again, it, 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 as we saw with the uh, home run derby, chicks dig the long ball. That's baseball. That's baseball's hallmark right now. Baseball and a home run, and they've done everything they could to enhance the home run. You look at these base. You look at these baseball parks today, D. Uh, it, it, you know they're little league parks, really. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about what three ten down the line. I mean, you can hit a softball that far. All right. So they really they they uh, constructed these ballparks. They call them band boxes, but you ain't got to hit it too hard. And places like uh, Milwaukee, you know, you you've been to, you've been to Miller Park. That's a small ballpark compared to what the ballparks used to be. Fenway is a small ballpark, okay? Now, Cody Bellinger is at Dodger Stadium. That's your more of a traditional ballpark. But the, most of these, they brought the fences in 10, 15 feet. So that's another thing. Oh, and, and Justin Verlander, if you're so concerned about your, your legacy, though, strike guys out. Quit putting the ball over the middle of the plate where they can reach it. That's what I'll say to him. But the numbers mm-hmm. bear it out. There's a lot of homers, a lot of 30-plus homers, and you're going to see uh, uh, about again. You're going to see guys with 55, 56 home runs, okay? And that's a lot of home runs. And when you've got a lot of guys doing it, you need to start paying attention to something, okay? And I hope, I, I really hope 
that 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 the code that uh, Verlander put out there ain't the code that I, I think he's putting it out there. I think he's trying to uh, mask it with the manufacturer. But hell, you know, baseball used to be a part of Louisville Slugger for years too. The bats, you know, so <laughs> it's nothing new. Nothing, nothing new. Um, you know, so it's you know, and it's, it's leading to a lot of conversations. Um, you know, Darnell, I know you grew up playing some baseball. Um, you know, where is baseball lost? Well, I tried. I, I tried to teach him anyway. You tried to. He, 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 I, he I tried to teach him basketball. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Darnell, what, what do you think as a young person where baseball is losing its way? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. You said as a, as a young person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- wh- where is baseball missing your generation? I mean, how, well, how are they not? Do you want the brother point of view or do you want um, this for um, young people in general? Cause, um, I'll take the brother point of view. Our generation? Yeah, yeah, and um, so most of the brothers. We don't watch baseball. We stopped playing baseball at a very young age. I love playing. I don't like um, uh, my dad was a pretty good baseball player. Uh, yeah. A lot of people out here now. But um, so I've been playing baseball since I was like, shoot, five, six years old, all the way through eighth grade. But then I kind of got bored with it. Um, same with a lot of like my friends. Like um, a lot of us played basketball in the summer, you know what I'm saying? We play football. We end up just working out for football. I mean, we don't we, – uh, I don't watch uh, baseball because baseball the game. Um, I know Hank is going to absolutely hate this because all the baseball guys hate this, but um, baseball the game is kind of slow, to be honest with you. Um, not not that much action going on in the game. It's a um, – it's an event. Like it's more, it seems like more of an event than a game to go to. Like you go to a ball game, hang out with some people. But um, that's pretty much what it is. Like people uh, and the, the um another thing that turns people off from baseball is like the good boy, the good old boy network kind of um kind of uh how do I say this? The kind of the good old boy kind of aura around the game where you gotta. Respect the game. You don't necessarily get to show too much personality. You know, a lot of guys, uh, we looked up to guys like, you know, Allen Iverson, you know, Chad Johnson, Ray Lewis. You can't do none of that kind of stuff in baseball. But um, that's pretty much where I stand on it. But, yeah. Man, that's Now, you know I'm going to have to come back. Yeah, I'm going to have to come back a little bit on that now. I got to come back a little bit. I know you're going to come back. I'm going to give you the well, tour. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be too much wrong. He spoke for his generation. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he did. But I will say this. I will say this. I will agree with this, that, that the game is slower comparatively to football and the hoop. It's very much – it is slower. But the thing that baseball has not done a good job of over the course of the last several years is promoting their stars, Okay. They have not done a real good job because unless you are out there and you watching the game, you know you got a player like Mike Trout. He should be all over the place. You got a bud. You got last year's MVP. Unless I bring it to the show, there's a lot of guys. Unless you're watching the game, don't know who Christian Yelich is, where he came from. You know, um, and baseball's got to do a better job of that. You also, you you got baseball that's getting once upon a time. You know, you had the game of the week. And you would always have, you know, the premier game plan, and, and you could find it. But now in this in the world that we live in now, where you got a, a million channels, you can watch whatever you want to watch. Baseball's gotten lost in that. They've tried to do it. They've tried to do some things to um, enhance the game, make the game faster and stuff. And they, yeah, they're battling with, like you said, the old old school network of uh, don't don't mess with the integrity of the game. I get all of that. Um, but but uh, and I will say that it, and Darnell has will agree with this. I think you know it's it, it, it's probably a lot more fun to play than it is to watch. You know I'm I'm, I'm with exactly. you on that. But you yeah. know it's a lot more fun to play than it is to watch. But you know to me, you know you get to play off baseball. You know then we can have this argument. But but I I can understand from his his perspective 
and with everything going on, especially with with uh, other sports, that you're able to see and more more exposed to. And I and I think the point that you know both you and Darnell made, but Darnell highlighted um, about some of the stars that they appreciated is that um, some of the young stars, particularly Latin stars, um, I think feel silent sometimes. Um, yeah. And so when you see the Caribbean teams play, you see that atmosphere. Baseball needs that. And you can't highlight stars when you're, you're, some of your up-and-coming stars feel like people like Baumgartner, the old, you know, who represent um, uh, privilege in the space and defining what it is, which is the whole historical piece around it. So they become what's right rather than, uh, you know, enjoying and seeing what these guys are doing as part of love of the game. And that does not allow you to, to then – Tap into a whole region or of the of the globe that loves the game and can get pulled into the MLB. Um, also, ways mm-hmm. which might be an offshoot to catch some inner city kids who can see that their interest and understand that connection, that energy, so that cultural dynamic. Not be able to tap into um, the urban hip hop culture of which a lot of these uh, uh, Afro Latinos are connected with in other ways um, that they can demonstrate. And you see them at all-star events in basketball and other spaces where they're in getting connected, but you don't see that being played out in their own space. You know, uh, the all-star weekend is at a prime time, but it's not a place where people come to negotiate and connect and make deals happen. That happens at NBA all-star weekend. That's where the connection grows. Uh-huh. That could be happening uh, in, if the space was right and you cultivate it right, that could be happening during um, uh, the, uh, the MLB all-star space. So, that that's all those things I think you were hitting on, and if you don't figure out how to cultivate some of that, you're not connecting to young folks like Darnell, folks that, who are future ticket buyers, and who are soon going to be parents, who are going to be trying to bring kids up. You want those kids, you want those folks somehow engaged. So, hopefully, we'll hear right, more right. about this with my man Hank. You know, when he gets inside the park, where he he, get, he gets his AC right, he can get back in the studio and not sweat like he and uh, like he uh, uh like it's hot out here for. You know how to Man. turn the fan off. Turn the fan off. So you can't even do the podcast. <laughs> hey, look here, look here, look here. The, 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 the devil's in my living room uh, with a with a fan on. I'm telling you, it's hot. He got his feet up looking at you like, what you doing out there? Looking up and so, he said, why don't you do something about this? <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as we get you back in the right element, we're going we to keep it moving. In NFL, yeah, that guy, I got a lot to talk about too. So, so in, in NFL, Melvin Gordon said, "Hey, if Le'Veon can do it, I can do it." So it came out. He pulled what I, what I'm saying. And the question is, how they learn from the basketball players? These cats are move, making these moves prior to their deal being done. You know, forcing people to think about trades or or, or, or redealing their contracts before the deal is over. Um, and, and trying to get more guaranteed money. money. Uh, but most folks are saying, you know, uh, San Diego, or not San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers are the wrong team to do that with. Uh, they'll wait on you. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll sit, make you sit. Um, but at the same time, they need Melvin Gordon to be on the field. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And the, under, the underlying part about this is that the Chargers, you know, this is where all moves go bad. The Chargers have a problem selling tickets, man. They're not really L.A. team. People yeah. ain't really clicking, clicking to them. So they got some issues with the stadium coming on board. They're not getting the corporate sponsors. They're not getting real L.A. love. You know, um, there's just too many other things. You got LeBron and, 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 and Kawhi coming. You know, so they're not selling the tickets like they need to generate the revenue. So this creates even more of a problem. Um, I'm going to bring you in, uh, uh, Darnell. You know, what, what, do you, what, do you, what is this thing? In, and also the issue about running back. And do you invest given – uh, what we've seen happen uh, recently to the Rams when they when they when they uh, they put that deal together. So I mean, what when you heard about this? Is this a trend we're seeing? Are they are 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 football players, particularly running backs, some of these skills players, taking a playbook from some of their, their, their brethren over the NBA? Yeah, they're learning, and this is the new wave. But um, when I first heard about this, my immediate thought was, um, were the Chargers? Um, are, are the Chargers planning on extending him or giving him um, a deal? Because he's a, he's a free agent next year. 
at the end of um, he's a free agent in December, tw- not December 2020, but as of 2020, he's going to be a free agent. So my thing is, um, were they planning on giving him money or not? If they're not planning on giving him the money, I'm all for it. Um, we don't want to see um, what happens with most running backs if they just um, sign that franchise tag a couple of times, and then when they get done with them, they saying, oh, man, you're 29 now. Um, you only got a couple more primaries left, so we're not going to pay you like he's supposed to be paid. Uh, I'm all for players getting their money, so if um, – if he's if he's able to get this done the right way, um, he seen he seen it happen with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Antonio Brown was a different situation, but he was able to find his way out. So um, if he if it works out for him, I'm all for it. And um, the Chargers, like you said, they don't um, they don't really play around. We saw with Joey Bosa when he got drafted. He didn't he didn't sign his own. They was messing with his money, so he ain't really signed to like. He, I think he was like one of the last rookies to sign his deal, and he was a top five draft pick. So um, I don't know if the I don't know all the details, but I'm gonna figure it out later on. So I'm I'm talking to Hank, but that's um pretty much it. Great, great content, Hank. What say you? You know, I gotta tell you, I, I when I look at this, I, you you made some you made some you made some really good points about the Chargers franchise, okay. They made this move uh, to to Los Angeles, totally, you know, uh, dissing San Diego, who wanted to keep them there. So now they're there. Okay, I'm looking at a Melvin Gordon. We know that his history, his health history, uh, he's using this as leverage. If we're talking about a franchise that tries to uh, see who's going to blink first, you know, you know, we don't know what's being said behind the scenes. You know, there was rumors that, you know, that the Chargers really dropped the ball in, in going to Los Angeles that they should have just tried to maximize their deal in San Diego. And we know they're not selling tickets. And now, with the, with as, as you stated, uh, the, with uh, the NBA doing what it's doing in L.A. now, with the, the, the Rams being the Super Bowl runner-up, okay, obviously the Los Angeles area are a Rams town. They're not a Chargers town. And so that's 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 a problem. That's a major problem for the Chargers being the second team. But Melvin Gordon is saying, let me get my money now. Let me get me a long-term deal, okay, so that if, if uh, like you said, the Le'Veon thing, I believe, did play in his mind, but I believe his agent is saying, look, you need to go ahead and leverage this team while you can, you know, because they're going to start using excuses for not uh, negotiating with you down the road. Perfect example, hypothetical. Let's say they have a decent team, but they still can't sell tickets because the Rams are off the chain. They still can't sell tickets. Okay, that's going to be a problem if you don't get if you don't get the ticket sales up. And then when you start talking about contracts, now you want to use that as a reason why you can't do it. So I don't blame him. I think that all of those are factors in play. Plus, as uh, Darnell said, you start getting older. Let me leverage this team right now and get my money. I don't blame him. I think y'all hit it right on on the head on that. And, you know, these running backs, you know, got to build in those extensions, those deals, pressure when you can. And the biggest thing about this, you know, my boy Phillip Rivers, who I love, and I've had him in fantasy, and he disappointed me sometimes, whatever. I love his heart. But he also got 10 kids, and he got to make sure he got to start winning quickly. So Phillip is also going to put some pressure yeah. on him. He got 10 kids? He got something like that, seven, eight? Not. No, you he ain't doing our he, he, but he do you know he, he, I think he got he got, I think he got one partner the white I can't speak on that one but wow. uh, uh, you know he he building a family support he got other things to do he got to go watch his he kids grow up he's trying to win now and he gonna need Melvin Gordon to run that rock and catch out the backfield to do it mm-hmm. so at some point that quarterback gonna Philip and Philip don't mix words he gonna he gonna have to walk up in there and say you better get my running back because right. they start out slow. And y'all know about injuries and hamstrings when these running backs at least get a little bit of time and get in camp. They don't need to have that many carries, but that that the 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 the, the uh, conditioning and all that other stuff that gets you ready for the season. They ain't got to have he ain't got to have that many carries, but you can't have him pull up with anything else. So I know Philip Rivers is watching this very closely because they got a really good team with a window where they might be able to make a run. So and he got like seven eight right, kids. Right. With, he's like, I got some parenting to do, so we got to win now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Ready. So, 
we're we, we going to keep an eye on that and, and see what happens here in this NFL stuff and in the ways in which uh, these other sports might, particularly basketball is king with these players, are influencing. I've never seen so many other sports <laughs> comment on what's happening in basketball. They all try to get a piece, as, as was highlighted by uh, my man Darnell. So this is a, this is live, y'all. We get we getting excited about it, and we're about to move into what we call, you know, we we, we talk about this thing we call the cipher. We're about to move into the cipher. Call call the call call the call call the cipher. We're about to just get to the heart of the topic of this. We call this the NBA Wild Wild West, which is known by any other name. By the other name, it's called NBA Free Agency. And wow, you know, and if you have a chance, again, uh, go to realsportsguys.com, go to uh, Blog Talk Radio, search Real Sports Guys, uh, go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, I did a, a podcast with Game Changer, my goodness. It was off the chain uh, on this stuff. And we're going to use some of the quotes to kind of get this going. And the great thing about it is my guys right here, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. We've texted back and forth, but this is our first time for us to share our thoughts with the public uh, about this. And the way we're going to frame this is for you folks who might watch The Wire. We're going to frame it a little bit of Wire knowledge. The one thing we talked about Kawhi, we said Kawhi went uh, Brother Muzan. And PJ and, and uh, PG is like uh, Omar. They teaming up and they going in to take over. I mean, that was one of them moves where we just going, a boss move where Kawhi just said, you know what, we're going to go over here to L.A. Clippers and we take it over. So that's on, that's on the tape. And then, as a result, Sam Presti goes with what we call Slip Charles. And Russ, if you watch The Wire, there was there's this character who was the main kingpin for a, and a main hustler who was the leader who ended up going to jail. And so his whole crew lost some leadership. But they had one guy. They had one guy. His name is Bodie. And Bodie was the only cat trying to hold the corner. That's Russ. Russ was still trying to hold the corner. And Slim Charles had to come up to him and tell him the game done changed. That's what Presty told him. And we can either keep running this hustle or we can find you a place to settle in. And what happened? The mega trade that happened this today where Russ goes to uh, to Houston and, and CP3, who raised his voice, gets shipped out to Oklahoma City, Thunder, to be never to be heard from again. <laughs> uh, it is – Crazy out there. There's no loyalty to the game. Brothers stab each other in the back. No, he's going to be hurt from the game. We'll see. We'll see if that will happen. It's going to be crazy. So there's a lot going on. And then on top of it, the old school cats. I'm putting all the issues on the table so we can do this. Shaq comes out and is like, he's, 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 he's reacting to all this money on the table. You can understand why certain things are happening, but, man, there's a lot of money on the table. So now you got the old cat reacting to the, what, the $3 billion that's been put on the table. So there's a lot of chatter around this. Nothing – I don't know if we've ever had – and we're not even talking about Summer League. We don't even have put Summer League on the table yet, and we can get to that. There's a lot going on. So I'm going to go in and say, look, I'm going to start with you, Young, because you've been, you've, been, you've been chomping at the bit. You even jumped ahead of the rundown. That tells me you're excited. Give me your perspective. I laid a lot of stuff out here. Give me your perspective. My perspective is is movement, and like Jayla Rosard says, we're not done. Uh, I cannot see the um, offseason being over quite yet because um, as we've seen with the moves that's been happening lately, OKC is clearly in a re- in full rebuilding mode. I think they, um, over this offseason, they have gained about eight draft picks. Um, they got five, I think, from um, – they got five picks from the Paul George straight to the L.A. Clippers. They got um, some more um, draft picks coming from, uh, from um, the Houston Rockets. They have even more draft picks coming from Denver in that um, Jeremy Grant tra- trade. And I just can't see old Chris Paul being on this rebuilding project. Um, they might have him around just to um, teach the youngies, like the young kids coming up, but I don't see that either because his personality 
he he wears on people. Um, and you know him causing turmoil on the new team that's coming in, so they might end up moving him and getting even more draft picks. That's why I say we're not done. And we have um, and when I saw the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George thing, I was at work right, and I have um, I got notifications for um, uh, Woj's tweet, and it said Kawhi Leonard's going to the Clippers. I was like, okay, okay, and then he said um. Paul George has also been traded to the Clippers. I was like, man, y'all are trolling. I I could not believe Paul George was going to the Clippers. Like I didn't because um I know Kawhi is, is is the guy that said um he he wants everything to be quiet, no leaks in the camp. Um he doesn't want anybody to say anything that he's doing. But there were absolutely no rumors that um Paul George had requested a trade. And what we later found out is. Before Paul George requested a trade, Russell Westbrook um, requested a trade before Paul George even did in himself. So you can we so we can all dead the talk that are um, that is like um, okay, Paul George left because he doesn't want to play with Westbrook. That's not true. Westbrook wanted to leave before Paul George did, and um, Paul George was recruited by Kawhi Leonard. So it's not like um, it was just oh Westbrook being Westbrook and you know. Nobody wants to play Westbrook. Like that whole narrative the media is uh, portraying. But um, you have a whole bunch of moves. You, and one thing we all forgetting about is Utah. Utah is putting together a sneaky team. They um they have depth coming in. They got Mike Colley coming in replacing Rubio. They're going to be a formidable team. You have um Denver adding Lit. Um. With um, Jeremy Grant, which is an underrated pickup, you have um, uh, shoot, you got Philly having a big squad. They have um, Al Horford. I, I, that's very good. It's going to be very interesting to see how that's going to work out with Al and four. But um, shoot, you got KD on the um, the KD not playing. But yeah, things are going to shake out pretty well. Giannis, it, it seems like. NBA going back to where it used to be, where every team got two stars. It's going to be like they they got to bring back NBA Jam. That's what I'm thinking. But everything's going back to the two star model, and I love it. Yeah, yeah you took my you stole my thunder. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Hank. Add on to this. I think you know uh, Darnell just came out and just said, "Coach, get out the way. Just clear the flow. I'm going for 30." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> later on. Yeah. So go on, Hank. Let's He's go with it. Because I've been open now for like the last ten minutes and can't get the rock. But anyway, oh, no. he, he was doing his work. No, he was he was doing his work. Hey, hey, he was he, hey, 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 he was he was he, he was one on five and draining him. So I ain't mad at you. But listen, he's absolutely right. This is it's turning back into NBA Jam, and then that was the first thing I thought about when I started to see how these teams were starting to play out. Now for the fan, this is fun. Okay. For the fan, now what you get a chance to do is you've only got like a, a, a smattering of teams that ain't, ain't going to be worth watching right now. But you've got the rest of them on, the, on the, any night, on any random Tuesday, you can go to your local uh, NBA uh, arena and watch a decent basketball game because now they got stars on them. But let's talk about some of these moves a little bit, okay? I mean, I'm looking at the, the just these players are colluding with each other you know, to put these deals together. You know, the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, we didn't talk about that. You know, that that was that they talked about we want to play together. You know, and, and you just got the rumor mills going out is this team, are they going to Los Angeles? Are they going no, they're going to go to Brooklyn. Okay? And you if you if you continue to listen, that 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 the Knicks figured out a way to screw that up. That that was supposed to those guys were supposed to go to New York and somehow they figured out a way to screw that up. So they just go up the street to Brooklyn and still, they're still in the Big Apple, and then they can do their thing. That's going to be a fun team to watch because the Nets was, you know, they they gave they gave Philly fits, you know, in the playoffs. So now you got you got that team. You know, we don't know what KD's future looks like. If you, and Achilles is nothing to play with, but you know what kind of player Kyrie is. We're going to see, you know, that team is going to be a better team just with him on it. Then you look at what's going on in the Wild Wild West. We talked about that, you know, and it's funny that. Uh, once AD signed with with the with the Lakers, that now there was all this talk that Kawhi Leonard 
was going to go to the Lakers. You know, Kawhi surprised everybody. As Darnell said, especially with the move uh, of Paul George going to the Clippers. And and I just read the other day that uh, Kawhi said, why would I want to play with LeBron? I'm the only one in the league that can stop it. So he's a so you know, so there, there, there's a shot across the bow already. So those so look for that Clippers uh, L.A. Uh, the Clippers Laker game on Christmas. I guarantee you that's going to be a Christmas game. I promise you that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about too, though, is this trade that happened today. You know, and, and as you said, D, you know that 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 mess between uh, uh, Chris Paul and Harden was not going to fix itself. It's not going to fix itself. Some folks forget that Harden and uh, Westbrook was teammates once before on the Oklahoma City team. Okay, they should have beat the Heat had Westbrook just played a little bit more team ball, but I digress. So it's going to be funny now that you've got two MVPs now playing on the same team, okay, with the Houston Rockets. And that's a team anybody's been talking about before. But Harden, again, Harden and Westbrook played with each other. Now, the side B to this story is now Chris Paul, CP3. He's not going to stay in Oklahoma City. I throw this out here, and I just wonder. I know that one of the teams that was uh, rumored to try to get Westbrook was our own team in Southeast Michigan, the Detroit Pistons. The question I ask you is, do they try to become huh? <laughs> your Detroit Pistons? <laughs> yeah, 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 your Cleveland team. Okay, but but my point is, do they now make a push? to get Chris Paul. Why do I say that? Because Chris Paul and Blake Griffin once played each with each other with the Clippers. Okay? And so do they turn them do they turn them into the Clippers East, you know, for a little bit. Look, they gotta to try to sell tickets here in Detroit too. So they, they were trying to make that push. They just could not they said that uh the uh, OKC was asking for too much, but I don't I'm with you. I don't think Chris Paul stays in Oklahoma City but for a cup of coffee. That's it. And, and you know, and I, I, you know, I think Sam is not done yet. I mean, um, what I love about what one of the things, uh, and Marcus and I talked about this um, on the other show. What I think we have more teams because I used to get just irritated with teams who did not understand who they are. And the one thing you could think about Sam Presti, um, and you could think about uh, what's happened in Milwaukee and some of these small markets in Utah. You have more GMs who are realistically understanding who they are in the marketplace and what their pathway is to developing a, a competitive team. If you're the Lakers, you have a different way in which you can attract. You can do a combination of free agency, blah, blah, blah. If you're Utah, you got to build through the draft and then, you know, find these key free agent pickups. Like, but people have to find their combination. I think you got more GMs and more spots who are smart and understand how to build competitive teams. Um, I think you have more of them than you used to. And, um, and and I think some owners who are also realistic about who they are. And so that's why you get some of these action we got. And so it's not just about the big people who are moving. You know, it's, it's, um, it's some of the moves that Portland made to make themselves stronger and a little bit longer, you know, uh, and, and also open up opportunities for some of the young post players to get more minutes. You know, that was one of the things they were doing. So sometimes moving in and creating space for some of your young guys to get more minutes and grow is the future. Every team had a little bit different kind of strategy that you could see, wow, that, that's making them competitive. So that eight, seven, eight spot, there could be six, seven teams vibing for that. And so the, the month mm-hmm. of, of, of March can be, could be crazy. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the part that I right. really enjoy about it. And then I also think that superstars have realized the fans might be okay with two. Three is the one that pushes it over, right? So you see, these guys have uh, calibrated. They're like, you know, what we're going to have to do is get two of us and then three B players, right? Make sure we got people around. You know what I'm saying? And I think the guys have calibrated a little bit much to realize that fans are cool with two. Most people are cool with two. The three is the bad part. And you can see that. Now you're seeing more pairs than the than the than um, the trios, um, uh, and I think you, you notice that people aren't reacting differently. Even though what 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 Kyrie and Paul did was 
similar and even more gangster than than what KD probably did going to going to Golden State, right? But that was like four. Like people lost their mind because that's like that's four, you know. And so I think mm-hmm. players are able to calibrate now better about what people can stomach because they still are sensitive about how people are defining my legacy. And so that's the part you can see happening now. It'd be interesting how it does moving forward, but I bet you see more pairs than trios. Well, I think you will too, simply because of of, of the salary cap. You know, you you got you can't you 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 start to really put yourself behind the eight ball with some of these contracts, and and you know you could pay two superstars, and like you said, if they if they get it in. Then you could put you some B players around them and still manage your 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 budget. You know that that big three, that big four. You know you you gonna lose somebody, okay? And if it don't work out for you, for whatever reason, injury or otherwise, it's gonna cost you because those guys are gonna move. You know you we 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 look at this and 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 like you said, everybody's trying to get that second star that that somebody and put players around. Now you gotta do your job as a GM, okay? And and you make a valid point. You got to do your job as a GM now. These guys can't play 48 minutes, 82 games, uh, you know, a uh, season. You got to put somebody around them so you got them ready to go by the playoffs so they don't wear themselves out, especially when you're talking about players like a LeBron James, okay, or Kyrie Irving who's been injury-prone over the last several years. You've got to be able to put some players around them so that when we get to the playoff season, that grueling playoff season, which is going to be a beast in 2020, Okay, that's going to be one hell of a doggone playoff season with what all these acquisitions we've had right now. That's going to be some basketball we can't wait to see, you know. But the thing is about it is you've got to put players around him, and that's the thing that people are looking at with the Lakers. It's like, what were they going to do once they got that, all that contract? What kind of money did you have left for your bench, you know? So this is what makes this even more intriguing, and you're right. It's, it's not over yet. And then these other teams we're not really talking about. You know, what are they going to do? You know, oh, by the way, the Warriors, oh, by the way, Raptors, you know, the two teams that played in the NBA Finals. You know, what are they What are they going to do going forward? You know, uh, Milwaukee, uh, you know, the uh, Philly, you know, making these you, – you still got some, some teams, and then you talk to – and like Darnell talked about during the draft, you know, Cleveland <clears> – <throat> Uh, Atlanta, you know, teams have got talent. You know, what 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 kind of moves are going to be made there? The NBA has figured it out. You know, as far as their star quality and keeping themselves relevant throughout the year. You know, I, I applaud that. And and I, and I want to say this: um, people are, are are talking about the Knicks, but what I can say about the Knicks front office is they're actually doing it the grown-up way. If you look at the team they're putting together now that they just got Marcus Morris to, uh, away from the Spurs, and you look at the players, they got Bobby Portis, Todd Gibson. So you think about the, 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 the guys in the locker room, along with the, the, uh, Julius Randle, and then the whole got, team is power forwards. Huh? They're all power forwards. But the whole got, team is power forwards. But they, they all play differently, <laughs> and they already got the, guard, they got the all-star young guard already there. Plus, plus, on top of it, Iggy is playing in summer ball. And yeah, RJ Barrett is catching on. And you still got Knox. I think they got so many pieces to play but with. But Mitch is the one that really playing. Who? Mitch, oh, the big man. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying they're all playing. But the thing about it is they got a lot of yeah. interchangeable pieces. I'm going to tell you right now, with the coach they got, in two years you're going to be like, I think they did it the right way. I think in some ways they did it like Brooklyn did it. Let's do it through the draft. Let's get some solid guys in the locker room. Let's start putting the right way to way to play, and let's work with this young core. I think the Knicks, if they weren't in New York and just doing it like they were in Memphis, people were like, okay, that's a solid way to do it. They didn't go. They, the splashing work, they went with some solid moves, and all these guys can play. Bobby Porce can play. All these guys can play and put minutes on. They can rebound, and they know how to work with young guys. So even that, they win 30, 30, they win 30, 32 games, let's say, 29, 30. It's still going in the right direction, and you're starting to build a culture. So even that, I think, is a good is a good move to talk about just good decisions. Don't get lost in trying to overpay uh, Butler to come and play with y'all. 
mess up your locker room. No, go get Taj, get some Julius Randle, get some guys who can play, who can be good in the locker room, and let R.J. Barrett and these guys grow up around these pros. Like, that's a good strategy. But they ain't going to get credit for it, not for another two or three years. But I'm, you, heard it, you heard it from me right now. Everybody clowned them, but the strategy they got is the right strategy. So I, I, those are the kind of moves. You see more of those kind of solid moves in the NBA uh, than, than um, you know, other than what's happening down in Charlotte. I can't speak for them. You know, uh, Mike, I don't know what Mike's doing down there. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they're doing <laughs> in Charlotte. But other than that, I, I, there's a lot of good things going on. So if you, if you were – if you were thinking about like we're sitting here in we're sitting here in July, you know, we, uh, July 11th. What if you were writing the headline and we're at Christmas Day, you know, Christmas Day game, you know, we all going we all might be in Ann Arbor together sitting around watching the Christmas Day game. We don't open up presents. We're gonna try and find a place to get together and watch it. What do you think the storyline is gonna be given all these moves? I think I'll start with you. The, uh, the, the Battle of Los Angeles. The Battle of Los Angeles. That that's what you're going to that's what you're going to see. That's going to be the story how the West was won. Okay? It's going to be the it's going to be the second one. That's what you're going to see on Christmas Day. That's what you look out for. <laughs> Woo. All right, all right, Darnell, what's the storyline? Damn, that was literally exactly what I was going to say. Battle of Los Angeles. Kawhi versus Braun, Paul George versus um, Anthony Davis, and the wild, uh, and the X Factor is um, Patrick Beverly versus everybody. Patrick Beverly going to be in everybody's grill from Wanda. I think the over and under is how many, um, how many quarters are we going to get into before Patrick Beverly and Rondo fight? <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> That's going to be the headline at the end of the day. And I think the Clippers are going to end up winning that game. Spoiler alert. I, I think a, a, one of the headlines is going to be Celtic pride. As much as Danny Ainge and those guys, and they kind of battle back in this free agency period, I believe at that point the Celtics might have no worse than the third best record in the NBA. You hear that? Go I'll on. It out there. I, I heard as, you, but, as, you, but you heard the cricket. You go ahead and tell me how. Well, you said the NBA or the East? In the NBA. You what are you, man? At, I, I know at, at that point. Michigan, but come on, man. I don't know. At that point. I'm putting. I'm you putting, still got, got the Warriors. Warriors, they do nothing. They'll be lucky. Look, the Warriors will be. Warriors might Shoot, be. Man. Seven, the Warriors, Steph is on average thirty-two this year. I'm. That's for alert. What about Steph you? Going to win bad, Houston. Houston. You still got Houston. That's going to be winning a lot of games. You got Houston LA going to win a lot of games. Tell them already to quit playing. Quit playing NBA 2K as, as game changer with play. This we ain't playing NBA 2K. You can't just be putting people together like you think it's going to work. You, you can't forget about the Bucs either. The Bucs are going to be winning games. Do you think Denver's going to be think, winning games? When, when Dan Tony tells Russell Westbrook, let me, let, me tell you this. When, let me tell you this. When Dan Tony tells Russell Westbrook to stop, is he going to tell Russell Westbrook not to shoot no midway jumpers? You think Dan Tony got a, a well, hard to tell him that? He can't tell Russell Westbrook nothing. Russell Westbrook smacks the Russell Westbrook in his face before he do anything like that. He that locker room because they're gonna tell. We're gonna tell Russell Westbrook. They caught up in analytics. Oh man! If you look, if you look at Boston's lineup, it's solid, man. It's good, and their youngins will breathe and get back in playing. You, you're gonna have Hayward another year going. You you basically brought a guard in who is elite without all the problems. The, the reason why they're gonna win because this is where he coaches best. Is they going? They, the locker room chemistry gonna be taken care of. And they're going to be back to where they were playing with a guard that's elite that can play. And they, and they, and they, got, they got players. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now that, that they're just going to play as a better unit. And if you have a chance to see Taco Fall play, 
if that kid can get them any minutes in terms of helping to control the paint and some of the work he's doing, that's a kid that's going to be a problem. And Enos Cancer, you can say what you want to say about his defense, will give you buckets. And Carson Edwards, he's clowning on people in the summer league. We all know he can play. And he, he, he can come in the gym as a rookie and hit an average 12 to 15 out the gate. And we're not, even, we're not even talking about some of the other players that they have. So I'm saying not even talking with their, their, their regular starting, regular unit. This comes to young folks they added that people, they're not even paying attention to. That's all I'm saying. So that's yeah, the point I'm making. But you, so but you, said, you, said, you said the third. You said the third. I'm willing to bet. In the you know why they don't have a third I best record? I can't, I can't see you that. Know, you know why they don't have a third best record? Because they're going to eat up in the East. Some of these teams, even think about Philly, it's going to take them the first couple months just to get their rhythm going right. Toronto is going to be worse. Uh, uh, Washington, there's moves being made, but these teams are going to take Toronto's still going to be good. But they, but they not going to be Kyrie good. I mean, uh, Kawhi good. Like, like you're talking you, you about. They're not going to be. They're going to be Kemba good. Kemba going. Kemba Kemba going to do what he needs to do. Kemba going to be buckets. Hey, I'm gonna tell you in advance. Toronto's going to split the series with um Boston. Right. Boston's not going to go in there and get. I'm already tell you. I said. I said at. I, they I said play. I said at. We hey, have. Don't forget go Christmas Day. We said Christmas Day, didn't we? Hey, man, don't forget, OG Ananobi's coming back. He's going to slide right into that three spot. You got Stanley Johnson to back him up. I'm going to have defense all the way around. All the way around. I said this, at Christmas Day. I said we get it at Christmas Day. I didn't tell you April 1st. I said Christmas Day, they got third best record. That that was a statement, wasn't it? Christmas Day. Hey, y'all going to have to show me. I don't believe you need more people. I've been right before. Y'all know it. So we're putting it on wax. This all confident. That's on wax. You can play it back. You can cut it up, flip it up, rub it down. Oh, no. Hey, at least you wasn't talking about no Mississippi State. Oh, uh, no. Nah, that's what I'm talking about. Minute, my now, goodness. Now, 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 see, at least now, mine now, has possibility. Go, I got a rational. I got a rational reason for why I would do it. I'm telling you right now, they're going to have firepower, uh, Jason going to be on his game because uh, them guys going to play like they can run to freedom with Kyrie out of the locker room. They're going to be playing so free. They're going to be like, my goodness, just free. They're going to be scoring. You'll be like, I didn't know Jason Taylor could play like that. And I'm not a Celtics fan. And you know that. I've been critical of the coach. I didn't think he handled it right. I was critical of GM. But I'm, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm paid to be an analyst. I'm not trying to be a fan. I'm just telling you what's going what on. What do you think the so do? Put your green draws on. Put your green draws on. I'll see you on Christmas Day. <laughs> and I will say this. My Pistons will be competitive. That's about all I can say right now. <laughs> I can tell you what they're going to do. They were competitive last year. They were moving in the right direction. Huh? I said they were competitive last year. They swept the, the, the champion Rockers. I know, I know. Over. But I mean, competitive, that's solid. Last year, you could tell they was on shaky legs because they had no point guard. They still got to resolve some of that. They they get they 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 some moves. That's the biggest hole is point guard. The rest of the team I like. Point guard. They got to figure that. They got to make sure they solidify uh, enough. You see how that maybe they might get Chris, Maybe they might get Chris Paul. Yep. All right, we're gonna give it to my too. man Hank. Hank, we'll give it to you to drop the mic, baby. Let's go do it. Take us home. Uh, all right. Thank you very much. Well, you know what? We're gonna stick with the NBA theme. You know, that's kind of got us fired up. So I got to keep us fired up, all right? Uh, I, it was it was in the news the other day that the NBA is now talking about adopting a challenge flag for the coaches, like they do in the NFL for a blown call. You can throw a challenge flag. You know what? This is like this. This is equivalent to like uh, jumping in the ocean to see if it's wet. Why do I say that? Because the NBA. It's got to be one of the most flawed refereed sports. As much as we love to watch this game, we have seen some of the most ridiculous calls in the NBA and with their refs over the, over the course of centuries that they got the audacity, dare I say the unmitigated gall, to come with one challenge flag. Hell, you might as well go into my handkerchief drawer and pull all of them out for each game, when we're talking about the refereeing of the NBA. You know what? You've already got replay, 
expand that out, all right? But if you're going to get a challenge flag, it's only going to be to blow noses because they're going to be blowing calls, and we ain't got time for a six-hour game for challenge flags in the NBA. Peace.